Are you ready, Mr. Krabs? Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it! <laughs> I need that level of energy today. I, it's not there. I'm um. so low. So low. Oh, god. My energy this week has been, yes, very, very low. Uh, Fluctuatory. A little bit better now. But I keep forgetting it's a long weekend or it's a holiday weekend. Um, oh yeah yeah no i, no I don't know why i keep forgetting but i like multiple times today i'm like oh that's right i don't have work on monday <laughs> right which is always cool but um <laughs> it's anyway nice. uh i don't really have anything for pre-show do you sheep row no sheep, sheep row <laughs> sheep sheep space row <laughs> It would be like Shrey Pow. Shrey Pow? If you. Shrey Pow. Wait, Pig Latin this? Is that what Pig Latin is? It's just playing with. Uh, like I thought. I, location? It, I think so. Or it might be like flipping the first and last letter for things. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I actually don't know. I took Latin forever ago. That well, was... but that's Latin. That's not pig Latin. Please. No, Let's I stick know. to only extinct languages. I'm sorry. Well, Latin is extinct. No one speaks Latin. Oh, true. Well, the church does. As uh, do okay. Fair, fair enough. Yes, you're right. I Well, I guess what I remember... And high school choirs do Latin, as well. Yes, but they, well, one of the big things was that no one knows actually how the words were pronounced necessarily, like, oh. back in the ancient times. Because, like, you, I mean, you can guess at the pronunciation, but you don't actually know, because no one speaks it anymore, to, like, understand accents and emphasis. Oh. emphasis on the like wrong that. syllable. Exactly, exactly. Um... Yeah, so it's a mystery. Lost to time. We'll never we'll never know. Lost in the sands of time, <laughs> the wonders of eras and ancient mysteries. Not written upon tables um, of yore. <laughs> should we should we get into it? I think we could start. Yeah. 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 Um okay, no. already, well I am I'm that drink that you leave overnight in your car and like you're not sure if you should take a sip the next day. Uh Alex Huffaker. <laughs> I, the number of situations I've been in where that's been an instance, I I don't want to count them because it's a lot. It's a lot. I I usually go for if it's a water, I'll go for it. But anything else, I'm I'm not about. I I have had like a warm water out of a car, uh, usually Ooh. out of desperation. But that's that's always a oh an god that just that experience. hurts my soul. <laughs> Okay, so I am a pair of plants that have been left outside in this warmth that is Philadelphia for an extended period of time and hasn't received any water currently like my plants at the moment. PK. So, so, so fairly wilting. wilting dying. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Potentially <yeah>. dead. <laughs> <laughs> not, but not dead. No, there's still color in them. But they're just on their way. <laughs> they're, they're, they're drooping rather aggressively over the edges of the pot. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay, I feel yes. you. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so after our rather uplifting intros, it's been a week, folks. It's been a week. We'll touch on it later. Um, so this is Red Eye Design, where we share our thoughts on design, products, tools that we use, ethics, and our experiences as we navigate the design industry. And let me tell you today, folks, we are going to be touching on ethics. I'm very excited about our main topic because it's actually rather cool. But before we do that, I jump the gun. Um, we have some coding updates. Do we have some coding updates? I don't have any coding updates. You you put it in the show notes, so it's it, it's up to you <laughs> if you have coding okay. updates to share. So our follow up on coding so, updates is null um, var equals zero. So uh, laptop updates, Mister Huffaker. I think we're going to transition to um, follow up topics rather swiftly. Get it? Yeah. Ah. So <laughs> um, so as far as laptop updates, I got the new. 16-inch MacBook Pro, mm -hmm. um, and I've been loving it, except the fan is on all the time, all the time. Um, 
which is fine. I'm not like experiencing huge performance issues, but like um, I ended up getting an i9 um, with, I believe now the mid-tier GPU mm -hmm. and just having it plugged into an external and it's, it's hot, it's summer in California, um, like spinning up teams, uh, a couple tabs in Safari oh, I and bet. what have you, the fan is pretty much on the entire day. Um, it doesn't really get louder, I noticed, which I guess is good. Um, but yeah, it's just always on, always running. Um, huh. and, it, and it does get very, very hot. I would, it feels like this is the thermal limit of this uh, chassis design. Yeah, it's not um, going to get much pretty better. Much. Especially with these, the, the GPU Intel and chips. the increased core count on these Intel chips. Yeah, they're really hot. I am looking forward to whatever the Apple Silicon version of the MacBook Pro is. Um, oh, same. I have a feeling it is going to run very cool and very quiet. Um, knowing Apple and their kind of hatred of fans and cooling systems. Yes, so, we'll, we'll which see. I appreciate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's my like big, my only big issue with this this laptop in terms of like an upgrade is it it just does run hotter. I'm curious. I'd be curious to compare it against like a base model um, mm -hmm. with the the i7, i7 and just like the stock discrete GPU. Um, because I have a feeling most of the heat is actually coming from the GPU itself and not actually the processor, based on what I've seen. Interesting, um, yeah. Like taking temperature readings and whatnot. Oh, I should actually download. Um, I forgot about it. Like iStat menus or whatever. Cause yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I can see the GPU temps, and I haven't looked at those yet. I've only been tracking the CPU temps, and those have been pretty fine and stable. Yeah. So. I'll have to I'll have to do some investigation to confirm that hunch, but investigative I, I would bet on the uh, on the GPU for sure. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's like I said last time. It's finally it finally feels like this line is back on track after being derailed for a couple of years. Um, oh yeah, in in pretty much every way. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with it and all of its. Ridiculous feeling power. fine and fresh <laughs> yep speaking so, of fresh so, speaking of fresh right. man that was Dish a out good the news. switch up uh hey. so i i broke down i live in an older apartment and we don't have a dishwasher and my boyfriend loves to cook and so our sink was almost always full of dishes despite mm -hmm. doing dishes every day so say alex um, hate <laughs> dishes anything out of place I don't, I don't mind dishes in the sink, but it's just like, I have a limit with it, especially when it's every day too. Yeah. Like when I can't go and freely use the sink, that becomes an issue for me. Um, because then it like, I can't it use the kitchen my ability like I want things. to. So I ended up buying off of Amazon, uh, a Farberware, which is, this is just like rebranded. They're basically all the same. I forget what company all these like countertop dishwashers are made mm -hmm. by in the US, but it's like one Chinese manufacturer. Um, <clears throat> it is a giant, just like square box, um, very plain looking, and it just sits on my countertop. I load it up, it has about like half the capacity, or like a normal size dishwasher for one rack, it's about half of a rack, uh, like a bottom rack in a normal okay. size dishwasher. So. It, it's not a ton of space, but honestly, we've had it for maybe two weeks, um, and such a difference. The sink is almost always empty now, mm -hmm. just because there's just so much I can jam in there. Um, it is really quiet, actually. It's the quietest dishwasher, one of the quietest dishwashers I've ever used, That's which amazing. I wasn't expecting. Uh -huh. The only annoying, the really annoying part with it um, is I have to, like, because we have a filter in our faucet, I have to constantly like swap out, unscrew the, the faucet, and, and then thing. screw in this like drainage water line for the dishwasher uh, itself. Um, and that's like the biggest issue I have with it. It works fine. It cleans pretty well. Like 
The only thing it hasn't been able to get off is like really caked on, and I threw it in as an experiment, like caked on, um, well, I should say actually like burnt on stuff on a stainless steel pan, and it didn't do well against that, but everything else, it's been fantastic, um, and I'm very happy I got it. It was well worth the purchase, so... Welcome to the luxury um, life, Alex. I, I will say the American like countertop dishwashers all suck. I looked at models <laughs> in Europe and I looked at models in uh, Asia, specifically China. Way more interesting designs, way like more modern looking. Like these are just like you, these could be from like the nineteen seventies, like in terms of style. Oh, like, like there's yeah. nothing unique or very actually like boring in every way. Mm-hmm. Um and like some of the Chinese ones actually have like almost like a, a lid that you lift up and like pull down, um, which was very intriguing to me. But I didn't feel like dealing like with importing it and converting like the power and potentially oh, yeah. like the drainage hoses and stuff like that. So I just went with what was on hand in America, um, <laughs> which is one of these lovely weight cubes. So. Yeah, I couldn't be happier. It sits on our countertop, but we couldn't really use the space that it's in anyway. So uh, a definite game changer, I would say, especially with quarantine. This is our first apartment we've ever had without a dishwasher. Oh, Um, I bet. And I made an effort to prioritize it before, but for this one, circumstances were different when we signed the lease for this apartment. So we compromised on that, and I regretted it every day basically so i I finally broke down and uh yeah no more no more regrets about that one so no uh those those are my my two little pieces of follow-up um yeah not much more there all right so speaking of game changers alex did you hear our uh the the world's most interesting man i don't know if he's the world's most interesting man but he's a person uh, feels, had an update. feels a little bit like the, the Dosake's man, I would say. I, I could see at times. His presentation quality lacks some charm and appeal, but um, Neuralink had a summer demo on uh, on their progress so far. So I can I actually watched their their original video that like Musk did, um, and then I also watched like the CNET like TLDR. Um, which was like pretty good because it pulled a good chunk from that. But um, the short and the long of it is Neuralink's making some moves on like integrating technology with the brain. And it seems really, really cool, at least in terms of technological headway compared to other entities on the market. Um, It's like got a thousand channels, direct implant into your brain, uh, actually results in no bleeding. And they've done experiments with three pigs, one without a chip. One with a chip that had the chip removed, and then Gertrude, which was who was thoroughly shy during the demo, um, she had an implant in for about two months, and then they have some additional uh, pigs that have had multiple implants in their brain. So really cool stuff. Um, it's all through Bluetooth. I think it's uh, megabit or gigabit um, data transfer post compression, which is actually really really cool. Um, and then they even had a little demo of uh, hearing the little boops. Um, so I'll actually link the, no- they, Elon Musk calls it nose boops, I believe, on YouTube. Um, so it's a really cool <laughs> video of what the nose boops sound like. Um, so all in all, it's actually really interesting. And there's a little, uh, there's a sub article that I found on just the surgical robot, which is also quite fascinating. Um but yeah, by and by, we're making steps towards uh, reading brainwave data and then soon possibly even writing to brains. Um, so I'd like to get your thoughts, Mr. Huffaker, on such of the progress of cyborgs or pig boys. So this was, this was a cool demo. I totally agree. And like reading through the applications for this, like this tech already exists. Maybe it's not as sexy or like advanced as Neuralink, but there are brain implants to treat different disorders um mm-hmm. and they're looking at using brain implants to treat uh or like give people the ability to control their limbs again and stuff like that and that is stellar that's like the coolest application of technology what gets me with this is where this heads after that specifically right. with the ability to write um 
and it being surgically implanted. Um, that raises a ton of red flags to me. Like, I, I think back to this, um, this show, it was called Dollhouse, and I mm-hmm. think it was like by Josh, Joss Whedon. Um, and one of the things is that they basically have these people that they can reprogram um, and like give them new personalities and memories and all that stuff. And it's all done wirelessly. But at the end, the like apocalypse scenario is that anyone can be like reprogrammed wirelessly. And so the world kind of collapses because people are taking over other people's bodies and like moving around and stuff like that. And so obviously this isn't anywhere close to that, but it, I'm very curious about like the security implications of this and like the ability for this to be abused. Um, because I can, I don't think it's hard to imagine how you could abuse something like this. Like you could theoretically probably like kill someone wirelessly with this eventually um which is like that's pretty crazy i mean i guess you could say the same thing for something like um an insulin pump that's been surgically implanted yeah or like a pacemaker yeah so that's and it still applies but it just feels more intimate because it's your brain directly right? right um like as opposed to like one of your organs that like maybe isn't making insulin or your heart can't keep rhythm like that's to keep it in check but like if you can start altering things with like a neuralink i i don't know it's the ethics of it man like the rabbit hole of of things that could go wrong or how it could be abused is what gives me a pause with this type of tech like enabling someone to walk again or like maybe see again or treat like a chronic illness like mls or i don't know um that's amazing like that that's yeah what what we should be doing right but like any technology it needs i think more than anything this needs heavy heavy regulation around it um like this is a case where the government should not slouch on the ethics um yeah and the regulation of such a device like this could really like fuck things up especially like they had this robot right and so i'm trying to think like and play this down the line right like what if it's like almost like lasik like people go in that's for their goal well you just go in for your little neural plant or your Neuralink implant with the robot and then like everyone will have like these Neuralink devices and like what do they enable um they said they can be removed i'm curious what that is like um if that's more dangerous or risky i don't know they still have to be charged every day so i think from that perspective that keeps them uh pretty benign more within more like a yeah because like if if you're away from your charger for a day and it's not keeping you alive or enabling some like lost functionality in your body that's i think that's like a fail safe almost but like if they could i'm sure they're working on stuff like have it how can automatically powered by you right well yeah how could it be powered by you in some way um in the same way that they're working on those contact lenses that have Mm -hmm. displays in them um that i think are getting power from light or something like that i forget Mm -hmm. how they're getting power but yeah it's very cool it's a cool demo i think from the medical standpoint of what it enables them to do is really cool but it like if you could rewrite someone's memories with something like this if we get that good that's getting really scary um yeah yeah i so i was was reading up on that i think there's a lot of work that we still need to do before we can even get to that point like i don't think scientists fully understand how memories get written well okay let's say let's not say memories right the one thing that they did mention is that and they it's well documented are the auditory pathways and you could theoretically like tap it in to play music Mm -hmm. like in your brain without hearing it with your ears and that is crazy that could easily be abused i think about a lot about like almost like 1984 style like 
propaganda like you yeah. just like feed it right into someone's brain like mm-hmm. and obviously these devices are still young and they're limited but like looking down the line that doesn't seem super far-fetched to me um which is cool like if you look at it without like any malice like yeah oh my god music just streams right into my brain i don't even have to use my ears like yeah that's awesome. kind of crazy that's pretty sick um because then you you all of a sudden have two pathways like it's like the boneless conductive headphones without wires mm-hmm. except it's truly silent and then that solves some things almost with uh like ar um mm-hmm. and even technically then like you get you, you could get to a point where it just it can read your brain waves and like you could send commands wirelessly right like you right. just think it and it goes Happens. which i think would be a whole nother can of worms because people think very freely and then filter by choosing whether or not to act on something with their right. body but it, <laughs> like it, it just changed it would change so much i don't know i I don't think it shouldn't exist, and I don't think they should keep pursuing it, but I'm very cautious about the potential of abuse. Um, oh, yeah. And to potentially even create, like, I don't know, like, I could see it being used on, like, a level to, like, control people and manipulate populations easily. Um, mm-hmm. So thinking ahead about that, that scares me in the moment yeah it's fine um it's really cool actually how they do all of it and the fact that they have a specialized dedicated robot to do this and how they how they showed a close-up of them implanting implanting the probes oh my god that was awesome scanning and avoiding the blood vessels like that was sick that was you actually you get no neurological damage Uh, he said no noticeable neural damage so that got me a little like all right so what are the actual implications of this so Mm -hmm. um but yeah, no, the insertion method, super cool. That robot actually looks like a very peaceful robot, like something I'd see in Wally. Like, you know, the one that like waves to Wally after Eve gets her like checkup done and she's got like the little like monitor on her like heart thing that's red and she's mm-hmm. like using her arm. Yep. That's what that robot reminds me of. Like, it's it looks very approachable. Um, and I think they even said like the inside part where your head goes is all green to help like entice like a more calming and soothing environment and i think the really cool part is you don't even need to be under general anesthesia so it's all local anesthesia because you technically don't have any nerve endings in your brain and that's like okay that's what's getting me it's like and that's why i compared it so easier they're setting it up to be very easy um and that that concerns me i guess in that sense like if it's so easy to get one of these, it's like a new like attack vector almost, right? Like, like software is not perfect. Software is always vulnerable. And if these things can be controlled like wirelessly, depending on a range, hell, if someone could drive by you and like exploit and like uh, some sort of bug in your Neuralink and like blast like a deafening noise into your brain or something like that, like that's oh. pretty scary. Like. Yeah. Like, I I just, like, my brain went wild uh, watching this. Oh, like, about, like, all the, all the hypothetical dark abused. stuff. I mean, so the nice thing is, like, I think Elon Musk refined the goal compared to what it was last time. I don't remember the goal that he had last time, but this one was solve important brain and spine problems with a seamlessly implanted device. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's their ultimate goal, I think but, that's good. But My worry's not said, about Elon. Oh. My worry is about the technology becoming like standard across a market and uh-huh. then anyone can use it, right? Like once you get it so far, um, it, I mean, it's like anything else. Like any technology yeah. eventually just becomes commoditized. So right. that that's the part that worries me. Not the fact that I think Elon is like malicious and like oh yeah, no, that's doing this for like some like bad motive, but... Again, down the line, it seems kind of scary. I mean, at the same time, I don't think we have a... Like you said, we don't understand how memories work or they're stored or they're entirely recalled. And then we talked a couple months about... 
ago about like uh, classrooms in China using like head mounted readings of brain waves to determine engagement and that was pretty inconsistent and all the findings show that that is very exactly. inconsistent to do um and i i think until the point where it gets really like i i don't think an implant will catch on like crazy i know some you, some people definitely do it if the value outweighs the cost like especially medically but like as a i'm gonna go get this implant this weekend um for like funsies almost uh yeah i so i, I think know. implants are other than like botox and like silicon implants it's really not like considered socially acceptable to really get them unless you have like a pre-existing medical condition to just like mm-hmm. oh, like upgrading your twitter feed so i'm gonna get a medical implant right like i think before we get to that point, there's going to need to be a massive cultural shift and like babies are effectively going to need to have to be born with or getting these implants in them, which That's I think we're a ways so away scary. from that. So like, I don't want to get that dark, but I mean, I could see wirelessly. That's like, that's where the true mass adoption. Would right. Be. And that scares me a little bit less. Um, at least in terms of being able to read. But then, like, you have this whole other thing. Like, if you can read, if a device can read someone's thoughts, right, and process the language based on that, like, that is pretty powerful. In a world where we're already grappling with privacy issues, um, yeah, like well, location data, just where we are, let alone what we're actually, like, explicitly thinking in that moment, um, or like voice recordings, like people don't feel comfortable with their voice being recorded. Right. How and now imagine how recording your their thoughts. Their thoughts are being transcribed. Um, well, did you see the way that they were able to predict the movement of the mm-hmm. pig's body on the treadmill? Yeah. I mean, walking hey, on the treadmill. that's really cool, especially when it comes to like tetraplegic or quadriplegic people. Um, I like definitely a value to that. But if you don't have one of those medical conditions and imagine having a Neuralink, like I could effectively start to pinpoint the way you're going to walk, how you're going to get from point A to point B and like manipulate your environment around you. Like think about like, like, um, location data too, right? Like what if you can, what if this is storing data and then that you're using it to like the police are subpoenaing your Neuralink data Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, I I think there's, well, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, but I just, yeah, I worry about how this could be abused more than anything, because um, it seems ripe for abuse. Right. The more I, and more so advanced s- that it gets. For a very particular segment of the population, I think the risks outweigh, like the cons definitely outweigh the pros. Like if you're wheelchair bound... Mm-hmm absolutely we should definitely be pursuing this but i think for normal people mm-hmm. like you're saying i think there needs to be a lot of work from like an ethical standpoint for i don't even know what regulation for this would look like like i mean if they're trying to explore like different bands that they can interact and send wireless signals like does that need fcc like intervention because i would not want this running on like 2.4 gigahertz like wi-fi bandwidth that someone else would just <laughs> easily tap into um like i'd want my own separate frequency um or even like variable frequency incredibly short range like incredibly yeah. like shorter range than bluetooth like almost nfc range um, right like it can only hit the phone in my pocket kind of a thing um mm-hmm. or like but like variable bandwidth like just that just swaps um so it like then somehow both the phone and the chip are both able to swap at the same point so that way like and it's got to be like heavily encrypted yeah I yeah just, i would I love what to that would look like i would love to know like if you if you show this video like i would love to know what the general american population thinks of this or even like anyone in the world really like what is the like what are people's views of this um and do they think it's like cool like do they feel like cautious about it like i do because like i i think it's cool but like i said uh, very cautious um and this is where i think the mantra of like the tech industry um is very bad like facebook famously move fast and break things well 
Facebook's like low-key breaking the world on some level right now. Right, right, um, exactly. So having a little bit more consideration than market share and money um, for these products and like at, at biotech especially like the ethics like have to be paramount like you, you can't make a device like this and not have the ethics being the number one thing um so yeah i i i want to see more um and i want to know what other people think about it um if i'm being like a little bit um yeah well like i was I dramatic was, i found a tweet and i forget from where um but the the guy was like uh he wrote like elon or what was it bill gates was like we should all get vaccines for our uh for coronavirus and then public mm-hmm. was just like no nah, you're trying to like implant microchips inside of us elon musk i made a microchip that you can implant and then public is like whoa that's so cool future's here much wow totally approve um but but how you have to like you have to think like things are so polarized and generalized on the internet now like the same people, like the people that love Elon, are not the same people that were concerned about um, the the Bill Gates injecting a mind controlling nanobot like with the virus, right? Like those are know. two different sets of people. Let's be real. Like the people who are into Elon, like Stan Elon, because they think he's like like real life Tony Stark, and he is on some level, but mm. he has like a really f- like loyal following right but like the people the people that are scared of bill gates injecting them with nanobots first of all have no concept of technology they think 5g is like taking over their brains like they're they're in a totally different um they have a totally different understanding and relationship with technology and how it actually works like they they don't understand the people who follow Elon at least understand roughly on a high level Hopefully. how this technology works, right? Yeah. Like, and they're probably more technology focused anyway because all of his companies are really high tech. You have Tesla, SpaceX, Neuralink, Hyperloop. These are all like boundary pushing technology mm-hmm. plus X companies, technology in transportation, technology in, uh, brainwaves technology in space whatever um so i think those two markets are different but yeah you're right i i i actually i feel like you find something right in the middle like the general public would be somewhere right in the middle that would be like whoa that's really cool but also like i would not want to get that in my own head yeah that which i feel like is kind of where i am honestly right Um, like I said, unless I knew, like, you had control over it and it couldn't be abused by other people and, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, that, the back door of it is what really concerns me. Um, yeah. And the I was potential also, for it to be manipulated by a third party. Exactly. I was also, did you see the questions? So there was one YouTube comment that, like, actually listed out all the timestamps of what the questions were. Um I thought it was really fascinating how no one asked anything about security um, as, you know, about the device and what sort of efforts they're doing on that. But it was all along the lines of, um, can I summon a Tesla? Can I play video games? Like, can I do all these other things? Which, mm-hmm. again, it's the media. They might have gotten people that are more pro-Tesla or had a certain subset of people, but... I think it was just really interesting to see how, again, you know, it Elon does command a very loyal fan base, and he's obviously earned it with a lot of the work that he's done. But it's interesting how a lot of this just doesn't take into account, like, some of the ethical questions or the privacy questions. And I think now is the best time to really start to think about them, because if we don't, by the time this technology gets to a point where we need to have thought about them, it's going to be too late. Like these are really mm-hmm. hard, complex issues that you know governments need to solve, institutions need to solve, and they're they're not problems that are going to be solved within a day or two of thinking. Like these are years of thought exercises and playing through different like court cases. How would something like this be handled? What are the pros and cons scenarios? Mm-hmm. I'm even trying to imagine like DARPA. And like the military, I mean, DARPA invested in one of the competitors that Neuralink has, um, but like the military ramifications of this are like kind of terrifying 
if you yeah, think about no, it. There's there's a lot with it. And like, well, obviously, like, if you don't consider the ethics of it from the ground up, you, it's hard to to put things back after. Yeah, uh, social media is a really abused. good example of that. Exactly. Like, we can't go back to pre-social media, but there's, if we were to redesign social media today, I'm sure there's a lot that we would change. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in a way, like, you're already kind of seeing what a hypercharged like input looks like into your brain with social media like yeah. it is very well documented like the dopamine feedback loops of these apps and the way that they work and so like if we can control that much fairly easily wi- wirelessly quote unquote right through an app mm-hmm. um like yeah i, I don't even want to imagine yeah. everything else past that so yeah, that that is the tension right there, right? Between but, pushing it forward and then considering right. how this can be abused. But negative Nancy us aside, I will say one of the coolest mm-hmm. things that I think Elon talked about was effectively creating a shunt. So going from the brain, bypassing the essentially the injured part of your spine, so whether that's at the base of your neck or wherever you had that car accident, etc. Um, adding mm-hmm. another device there that essentially allows you to wirelessly essentially skip over the part of you that no longer functions and all of a sudden like handing you back the ability to walk or like use your fingers like to me that was just mind-boggling i thought that was very 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 cool so if that's the direction they're going to head in i'm rather optimistic about this and then the other caveat i'll also add and maybe Neuralink's a little different because it's directly in your brain but you know how like pacemakers can technically be hacked like it's not all that difficult to hack a pacemaker apparently and just Mm -hmm. like fuck with someone's uh heart rhythm i haven't heard of too many scenarios where someone's effectively hacked someone else's pacemaker and forced them to go to a hospital to get that like Mm -hmm. redone so i get so that's the only like other side that i pulled to this is like just because it can be hacked doesn't mean it does get hacked like same thing with teslas like you teslas can be hacked um i think there was a jeep that like a whole bunch of hackers were able to like easily get into and like start driving i remember that one that one was crazy exactly but you don't hear a lot of instances of people just like taking over people's cars and like blackmailing them for a thousand dollars because you know if you don't i'm gonna like drive your car off this cliff pay me my twenty thousand dollars of money like i don't hear of those instances maybe they just don't get caught but yeah i mean i would just say it's like I said, it's more down the line, right? Like yeah. widespread abuse that I'm more concerned about. And like, I, I still think it's a ways off. So the short term benefits, like if they can, like, like we said, give someone who has lost the ability to walk, like restore that walking ability. Like that is truly amazing if they can do something like that. Um, but like in 20, 30 years, um, as our understanding of the brain progresses and we can model it better and understand like the pathways better, like that's when it starts like ever getting scarier to me. So like right now in the present, super cool, super yeah. amazing. I'm all about it. Long term, well, I mean, it's like anything else on some level. Um, yeah, like AR too. Like I can imagine that also turning into one of those things that without regulation could just overwhelm you sensor- sensorially. Yeah, I guess the good thing about AR and where this differs is that it's not only is it an implant, it's an implant in your brain. Right. Um, and it's hard to just take it detach. out. Like you could with glasses or even AR contact lens, right? Like yeah. that can come out. Um, and you can do a hardware reset. I mean, maybe you can go on your lunch break and get your Neuralink removed, like, by the machine. I don't know. Um, but Maybe. <laughs> a lot of questions. Elon is always always pushing the envelope, which I appreciate. Um, yeah. I'm, I will say this. I'm glad at least there is one organization that's putting a lot of money behind something that's really important. 
And at least we're starting to do the research so that we can start to think about these things. And he's being rather public about it. Um, and they're bringing on some really smart people. I think he's got like a hundred scientists and engineers, et cetera, working on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, a, I'm glad we're doing it. I just, as long as we have the right people in the room, I'm very comfortable with it. If we have the wrong people or the people who have malicious intent, intent um, that's when I start to get a little fuzzy wuzzy was a bear. For sure, for sure. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious where it'll be in a year. Um, yeah, because they've made a lot of like, progress. Exactly. So, like in a year, if they're like, oh yeah, now we can like play music and fucking determine uh, what like you're thinking, gonna think next or something like that. Like that's that's gonna yeah, be really scary. Really that's quickly. gonna be cool. But alrighty, let's switch to something more positive. Um, I don't know. We try. We, cool. we play the balance of that. Yeah. I, I yeah. It's it's not like it's not exciting. It's just like I, I, it's probably this year too. This year has been off the charts yeah. on many levels, and so I'm just like cautiously optimistic. I'm about very things. yeah. I'm very cautious about it. Um, yeah. But like, I love new tech like this. Like, this is super exciting. I'm so. very excited to see where this goes. All right, um, so shall we do the jingle for this company? Oh, no. My headphones died, PK. I can't hear you anymore. Oh, no. No. Bring back the phones of the head. We're going to have to cut died. here. Oh, dear. Let me talk to my other hear a word I'm saying. But his, his recording's still going, so we'll just keep this in the show. This is live show business. Huzzah. Live show um, business? Is okay, show can you hear music? me still? I can. I can. Testing one, two, seven. A. Hey. Are we good? We bueno? We crack a lacking? Wait, out, wait, you sound distant now. I sound distant? Yeah, okay, now you're back. I didn't, I didn't change anything else. Ooh, ooh, I think you're coming back. Are you reviving? You are reviving. I, I didn't change okay, anything. Okay, now we go. Okay, cool. Now you're back. Okay. <laughs> so, this company has been around for a long time. The jingle goes something like, bum, 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 right? That's the jingle? Oh, did I get it wrong? Yep, that's the okay, jingle. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, so Intel got a huge rebranding, um, and I really love it. So, backstory real quick. I used to, for some reason when I was younger, I used to collect the little Intel, like, Pentium 4 stickers and all that stuff, and I would collect them off like computers being recycled. And so I collected all the different variants and I had like a Pentium 1, a Pentium mm-hmm. 2, 3, 4, like the core 2 Duo stuff. And I always hated them on the computers themselves because I hate stickers pulling a computer out of a box with a sticker on it that I mm-hmm. did not purposely place on it. But I always thought the designs were really fun on them. And uh intel has totally yeah like i said totally rebranded um they've simplified their logo it's very it's still playful um and it's still that same like sans serif that if you've ever seen intel's logo it's not that different from their previous logo right but things are very squared off and it plays a lot on the the square or the dot over the eye which has always been squared off it's i think it's a perfect square actually and then playing off this motif of uh, the chips themselves, the dies on the chips are also rectilinear as well. So it carries through nicely through their entire brand. And um, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on it. I think it's a really successful rebrand. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't get rid of the qualities that... <sighs> Make like Intel it, Intel. Yeah, like it, it still is stays true to the company's previous logos and the spirit of the company. And I think this logo is still fairly timeless. It's not so trendy that like in 20 years we'll look at it and we'll be like, oh God, like that that one did not age well at all. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm really obsessed with it for some reason. I just think yeah. it's really successful and consistent. It's hard. It's hard to convey it over audio. Um, we'll have the link in show notes for you to, for y'all to check out. Um, it's just like this square motif. It, it, it's so perfect in everything that they do. Like their 
the, the labels I was talking about for the processors on computers, those are now squares. Traditionally, they, I believe they were um, kind of like uh, portrait rectangles with a, a curve at the top to match the, the little circle that used to go around the Intel logo before. Mm-hmm. And so these are now perfect squares. And uh, there are two colored bars in the bottom and in the right side of that square. And they overlap in the bottom rightmost corner. Right. And that's where they they use that to brands like, uh, for example, uh, Xeon, Xeon Platinum. That little square is a platinum color. And then Xeon gold, gold, gold. It's silver, gold. Silver, yeah. And yep. that's where they put the i5 and the i7 as well. And so mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I think it it's much cleaner. I think it does a much better job of bringing the company to appeal to a younger audience because i think intel because they've been around for such a long time tends to be more of a company that i at least for me tends to resonate more with an older population and i think Mm -hmm. they're starting to struggle to bring in younger talent um they're kind of like selling off of certain things and not being able to keep up in certain industries might be an identification or like maybe a result of that um this is purely conjecture so don't take that as gospel but um i really like their new direction i think being consistent with the square is really great like being like having that consistency i think says a lot about the company because the the typography itself doesn't scream hyper serious but it also doesn't scream childlike like a fisher price Right, they're not mm-hmm. like a McAfee, but they're also not that other extreme, and they kind of strike that nice balance of like we're Silicon Valley tech, like we know what we're doing, but we also know how to have fun. Um, and I think like using the bars to overlap um, kind of has an element of play in it. The fact that there is room for variability, um, but still keeping it within that square. And I also think the square is very reminiscent of like Intel chip making. Um, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how they're going to evolve with their like i7, i9 series as they try and transition to a seven nanometer process. But like their Xeon, like their desktop stuff is still pretty like world-class. They're still doing a really good job on that. So, um, it's good that they're like trying to embrace it. Um, yeah, I really enjoy, it's really nice. I really enjoy the, the subtle gradients and like I can't tell from these images if some of these are actually slightly reflective or if it's like part of the graphic itself. But again, reminiscent of how a CPU looks uh, when there's like no heat sink or uh, heat spreader on top of it. It, Mm -hmm. It's very much this like slight gradient reflective uh, little chip. And that's exactly what these are. They're just almost like a stylized version of what you imagine the Intel CPU looks like in the same way um, on some level that Apple does their CPUs and they all have like Apple A14, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, and that carries all the way through from the phone itself all the way to the branding on their website um, for that consistency. So it's, again, I really, I just think it's really, really a successful rebrand. Um, The motif is consistent. It's highly flexible with these adjacent rectangles. They have marketing material where it's the Intel logo and then it's a a rectangle around uh, someone working in a lab or a girl kind of like dreaming, like daydreaming. um, Mm -hmm. And then like a slogan in there. Um, Really flexible, really consistent. I also like how um, they kind of like uh, some of their branding images, like it starts here, it begins now, like that's in the square and then Intel's like a little like playful box or um, like they'll have like the highlight text and then like a little tiny box on the bottom left corner. Like it's things like that that just make it seem more playful, more fun, more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Whoa, you got playing a little video there? Yeah, uh, I think our, uh, <laughs> my microphone definitely picked that one up. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't have too much more to say on it. Like, I, I'm not like f- super formally critiquing it, but um, it's one of the better company rebrands I can think of. 
in the past couple of years. I was mm-hmm. for a tech company right. um, that I think it hits the mark really well and where they need to be. Um, because Intel is abstract. Like like you said, like most people probably don't know Intel outside of like the tech industry. The, the, the jingle and that they know that's a sticker on their computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think they think much about Intel otherwise. So it... It strengthens their branding, and I think that they need, especially, like you said, with their lack of market dominance in mobile or really <laughs> involvement in mobile yeah. at all, um, they really need to keep strong branding so people prefer them um, and seek them out over AMD or Qualcomm Nvidia, or yeah. Apple and NVIDIA, um, which arguably are all out competing them on branding right now um branding and performance like how many people like if you watch like any any video pretty much to build a gaming pc right now most of them are saying to go with amd's desktop chips now instead of intel which wasn't the case for a very long time um so they're losing like the tech dominance and the marketing dominance especially with like apple dropping them as well they basically have fallen out of the mobile market entirely right. um, all they really have left are servers desktop and laptop pc computers um, yeah and those aren't growing industries servers are but the desktop and laptops are not growing product nope. categories at all so um I hope Intel survives. I have a soft spot for them. Um, yeah. My uncle works for them too, so I really, really, really hope they, they make it. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think anything will happen like in the next couple of years, but... Um, yeah. I hope they pivot a little bit. They're going to have to. Yeah. I think they're going to have to pivot, and I think this branding will be flexible enough for them to pivot in whatever direction they see fit. So... Cool branding, um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Um, more, much more exciting than, uh, than Neuralink. Well, I at least our portrayal in the short term. It, I think in this moment, yes, yes, and I think that's probably also a a reflection on our week, which has been rather topsy turvy. This is true. I think more of a reflection on the year. True, like I said true. earlier. Um, I don't know if I would have been that pessimistic about Neuralink if this was a year or two ago, quite frankly. But Or not an election year. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's all, kind of, that's all I have to say about that. that Skadoosh. Skadoosh. All right. So, as you chug your uh, zero-calorie Coca-Cola, <laughs> that is actually diet um, and not zero-calorie because it's not Coke Zero fake fool um oh my gosh (laughs) i just went off on your coke um so uh you got some cool shit to show us cool oh my god okay so do i ever shoot first of all so nintendo had a nintendo direct yesterday and it had been kind of rumored for a little bit that they were going to do like this big celebration because it's the 30 35 years of mario or super mario bros um Mm -hmm. and they did And so they released two things, or they announced two products in particular that I'm excited about. First is that they're bringing back, like, Super Mario 64, which was on the N64. It was, like, the first, like, truly 3D Mario. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they're bringing back with it Super Mario Sunshine, which I actually never got to play. That was on GameCube. Um, That's cool. He has, like, a water cannon that he uses to travel around and, like, defeat enemies. And then the final one is Galaxy um which, where he's kind of in space and the maps play on like this concept of like planets and gravity and floating as you navigate mm. them so the physics is really cool on that one um and i never played that one either so i'm excited for the n- nostalgia of the n64 mario um and then sunshine and galaxy i'm really excited to play they like remaster them for hd um because like i said it was N64, GameCube, and the Wii, which were all standard definition uh, mm-hmm. products. So, super excited about this game. They're doing something weird with it where they're making it like a limited release, which is the first time in a long time I can remember someone has done that. Um, huh. 
So you can only get the retail copy for a couple months, like if you want the cartridge itself. And then the digital version, you can get into like March of next year or something like that. And then they're no longer going to sell the digital version of it through their store. Um, Really arbitrary. And I don't totally understand why. Um, Like what that limitation is about. But anyway, uh, to each their own. I'm still excited about it and I can't wait to play it. The other thing that I am even... I literally, it's it's probably one of the coolest kids toys I've seen in a really, really long time. So they, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the direct link to it. So give me a moment. I think this is it. So it's called, okay, it's called Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. And what this is. You're, it's so cool. You're going to have to watch a video of this. If like if you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely going to watch a video of this. So what it is, is that there are RC cars, right? Uh-huh. There's a Mario one and a Luigi one. And there are cardboard um, like checkpoints that you can set up anywhere in your house, right? You play, with, you play with the cars on the Switch. And the cars have cameras on them. So they are driving around your house, but it's Mario Kart in ar through your house it is I, I it is so this. cool I, I i i said the same thing i saw it and i my mind was absolutely blown i was i was talking to my my boyfriend i was like this is probably one of the coolest toys i've seen in a really long time like and it looks like a great application of ar like an absolutely fantastic application of it oh um, yeah it's yeah so basically you have and the real, the real RC car maps to where your car is in the game as you're racing. But what you can't see are all of the effects and the enemies and the, the mystery blocks and the coins. Like, those are all happening in-game. On game, the Switch. But they're, yeah, on the Switch. But they're in your house or wherever you are and kind of interacting with that environment as well. Um, and you can infinitely configure the track. I'm not entirely sure how it figures out where the next checkpoints are because you can place them anywhere uh-huh. and they just look like cardboard from what i can tell so i'm not sure how it knows to like lead the track to that next checkpoint it's mm-hmm. like you have furniture in a way because they show it kind of going around the couch um so i'm not i'm not clear on how that part works but um man do i want this i th- i think it's so oh, so same. cool so cool. um and like I said, I, I've never seen an application of AR that looks so seamless and fun. Um, oh, maybe arrow signboards. Yeah, maybe there's some... Um, Technology in them? Well, no, I think there might be some like limitations to how like far they can be away and oh, like, yeah. line of sight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um just looking at the the details of this but yeah i am i'm super pumped about this i i really 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 want to play with this um absolutely blew my mind watching the video of the kids racing it around yeah uh, i'm excited like to see the it. room super cool so those are my two picks both both nintendo picks if you love mario or have a switch or anything like that i mm-hmm. definitely highly suggest them um I think, yeah, like I said, I think the... And Nintendo is historically very good with their uh, hardware that integrates with, like, their Software. consoles. Like, the, yeah. the, the what was the other one called? A Labo. Yeah. Uh, the cardboard uh, kits that they use with the Joy-Cons to mm-hmm. create, like, robot games that kids can punch and act like a robot in the game. Or you can use... Uh, a piano and create that and use the it uses the um the ir sensor to read uh reflectivity of like these stickers on the piano keys so yeah, then you can yeah. actually so it's like play really piano. creative yeah they they have fantastic add-ons for for the switch especially but they've always been pretty good at this mm-hmm. and so i i have no doubt that this will be, be, be excellent too. as well so yep those are my two picks cool um, so mine is I finally watched a TV show on Apple TV Plus, um, and this one's called Ted Lasso, and it's honestly one of the funniest, most heartwarming TV shows that you could possibly watch. And I think 
at least like for us, uh, given the current pandemic and everything, it's really nice to see people just trying to do like genuine good and trying to make people be the best selves that they could be. Um, the trailer does not do a very good job of showcasing that heart warmthness. It comes across as like a slapstick comedy, but um, it is hilarious. I will cackle out loud at like 1030 at night while I'm going to bed. Um, and it's really funny. The premise is there's this coach that gets hired from the United States as he plays American football, helps a team win, and is hired by a Premier League uh, football, so in America it'd be soccer, um, team in England and has to coach them. And so obviously he's like, you know, fighting against the grain, but starts to make some really good progress. And the thing I also like about Apple TV Plus, they release the shows every week. So you can't binge watch it which I kind of like a lot more. I kind of miss the whole every week or like every couple of days because if you binge watch, it's just all at once and I can't enjoy it over a period of time. Um, so that's fun. And then highly recommend it. First TV show I've actually watched on Apple TV Plus, but really good. Um, and then the other one I recommend, and I think Alex, you started to play around with this, is a tool called Obsidian. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really interesting note-taking tool And it's effectively like creating your own locally stored Wikipedia on your own machine. So it's all done in Markdown. And I surprisingly enjoy taking notes in Markdown now because it's just fun, I guess. I feel like I'm a developer, but I'm really not. But it's cool. Um, But it's really cool to see how I think the real value of Obsidian is when you like have a whole bunch of notes and you're like studying for class or something and you have basic concepts linking out to more complex concepts. So the essentially is there the essentially the idea is within a note you can have things linked to other areas. Um, and so you can kind of build out this like super interesting web of stuff and see how things can interlink to other things or what areas kind of form their own little like section in like an unattached part of the web. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. I started playing around with it and I enjoy it. Uh, and I'm starting to try and be a little bit more, um, thoughtful about reading articles and taking notes on them because otherwise I just read and then I forget. And I want to try to not do that, especially as my brain gets older and, um, my memory starts to fade. I'm 25. So it's really bad. That I'm saying <laughs> I know that, you, you sound like it's like <laughs> you only have a couple of years left. <laughs> Before my brain turns to mush. Um, yeah. So really cool tool. Um, if you get it, I highly recommend uh, turning on the customizing the appearance. And then they have a community and just scrolling through the community themes and applying those. They're much nicer than the stock theme. Um, and then it puts a customized .css file. And then once you jump into that file, you can essentially customize it however you want. Um, so I highly, highly, highly recommend using that. Um, it's just a good tool. There's not a lot of AI built into it. The AI primarily comes into reading backlinks. So if you have a word that it thinks could link out to a basic concept, it'll link that. Um, and there's a competing uh, tool out there that uses a lot more AI. The problem with that tool is I think it's like $15 a month and it's all stored on the web. And um, I think they've also run into issues about people's data just randomly disappearing, which can be rather problematic. So I like the fact that it's all on your computer. It's really cool that way. The file sizes are pretty small. You can attach links, images, videos, etc. So it's pretty robust. You can add voice recordings as well. So if you're in a lecture hall taking notes, it's a good way to do that. Um, You can tag things a certain way. So yeah, all in all, interesting tool. Maybe we'll follow up on it and follow up. So those are my two picks. They're shite oh. things that I want to share. <laughs> I I really appreciate that it's mainly local. Um, yeah. I think the other <clears throat> tool you were alluding to is Cloud Storage. Yeah. Not my mind. It was Rome. Notion. Rome? Yeah. There's another one called like Rome something. Huh. Um... Regardless, I, I still like, I don't know, I, again, 2020, I'm very cautious about, like... Who can see my stuff? Putting, yeah, who can see my stuff? Um, like, notes, notes especially, if you're, like, taking, like, personal notes in them, like, as opposed to, like, oh, I'm just writing down, like, a shopping list or something like that. That's not as yeah. big of a deal, but 
Um, yeah, no, I, I have it. I've opened it. I've played with it very briefly. Um, I need to play with it a little bit more, though. I just haven't had the time yet. I would just say just jump right in. Like, over. don't even, like, like you can play around with it, but if you just jump right in and start, like, all your notes, you just put it there. Because I used to use text edit for all my notes, and it would just be, like, one massive running text edit file. But I think this is much nicer to use as opposed to text edit. And then I, you know, have projects based out in certain areas. I've got design. You could put inspiration. So as I see things through, like, um my rss reader i'll drop things in there um so yeah it's like all in all pretty pretty cool hmm. i'll give it a shot and i'll yeah. i will report back on it so cool well already i i think that's it for this this week so we got another one show. another one bites the dust boom boom excuse alex and i while we break out into karaoke um but yeah that's our show thank you for listening this is red eye design uh coming to you live on a podcast playing near you not actually like pre-recorded um but lightly edited because time and uh if you haven't registered to vote please register to vote um that is rapidly approaching um and if you are registered to vote make sure you're still registered to vote and yeah, see if no your state again supports um like yeah well if they do support mail-in ballots see like if you can get early ballots or what the turnaround times on those are um and just start thinking and planning ahead mm-hmm. about that uh at least in the u.s it's going to be uh an interesting a tumultuous time. election i have a feeling so yes. so yeah uh vote doc vote doc of yes i can't make a pun on that or like pig latin that but yeah that's our show thank you very much for listening um you can find uh lewis or i'm sorry music is by lewis not lewis is by music um and then you can find alex on the socials primarily the tweet bots and then I'm on the Instas and the tweet bots. So check us out. Hit us up. If you got any thoughts, feedback, um, fight us on the Neuralink thing. If you want to, we're ready to talk ethics. Um, maybe. We'll see. I would, don't, like don't I said, I would crazy. love to hear people's opinions on it. Yes. Um, and seeing if I'm just being overreacting. So. Yeah. Overly paranoid, which, you know, we've had some, in, yeah, privacy, very important to us. But yes, would love to hear people's thoughts. Please share. Um, and yeah. I believe that's all we got. Thanks for Alrighty. listening. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. I looked at my old one, and it was not as bad as I remembered it being. Um, I think we did pretty good I remembered it being way worse for some ago. reason. Um, yeah, better be. I spent enough goddamn time on it like in right? college oh my god oh my god we because we had to make our work portfolios at least twice right once for co-op and we were like oh my god this is the most important thing ever and we were just oh, like we get jobs times. at like nike and all and then none of us got employed anywhere um good times good times <laughs>